Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Take Your Points. I'm your host, Ronan Scott. This week's guests are Kevin Neblock, the former Antrim player. He's on to talk about the weekend's action, the Monaghan Armagh game and the, the Trone Donegal match. And Jordi Cain, the Gaelic Life columnist, is going to talk about Derry Miners' All-Ireland victory and also a look ahead to the Ulster final. So Kevin, thanks for coming into the show this week. Um, there's been a lot on at the weekend. We had a load of matches on uh, in the Ulster Championship, but I wanted to start just by the decision, or just to start to talk about the decision about the Ulster final being moved to Croke Park and on Saturday. Do you think it was the, the right call? Yeah, I think it probably was, definitely from a, from a player's point of view, um, playing in front of the 18,000, when you've, you've had a hard slog all year, turning away and, and getting through Ulster Championship, but I think it's a, it's a fair enough reward for the size of the stadium. You know, 18,000 should be, should be able to be safely held. I suppose the obvious thing is, you know, the before and afters maybe on a, on a Saturday evening is, is, is a concern. But I think if managed correctly, it's, it's, it's the right decision. I wonder, um, might it take away from anything, you know, because if you had Clonus, it would be jammed. Um, and in Crook Park with a, I mean, like that sort of crowd, it still might be a bit, the atmosphere might be odd. Yeah, I suppose. Big thing. If it was in Clonus, it probably wouldn't be jammed. Uh, you know, with restrictions too. And at the end of the day, I suppose that that volume from eighteen thousand is, you know, from a playing point of view, is, is what you want to hear um, on a big day like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely think in, in normal circumstances, there's nothing beats a, a packed Clonus and Ulster final day. But given given the, the nature of things at the minute, I think all the players would have bit your hand off for Croke Park at the start of the year. It's going to be Monaghan Throne, obviously, but just to look back at the weekend, Monaghan played Armagh in that absolute cracker of a game. You know, it was an absolute goal fest. What did you take from that game? Like, what I mean, what was your big takeaways? You know, what what do you think? We, what do you think you learned about Monaghan? I suppose to start. Probably the first thing I think everyone would be saying was it's just so refreshing to see a, a game of football end to end. You know, uh, blanket defences, things like that. You could you could talk about maybe defending. And I suppose both managers picked through. The, the defend in terms of the score, I know one of the, one of the commentators on, on Sky was talking about it was more like a hurling score, but you know from a, from a spectacle point of view it was brilliant. From an attack and play point of view, I think Monaghan, especially in the first half, mixed up really well. I think the ability of the half back line, McInnesby, O'Connell, Lavelle, these boys who run hard were popping it off, but also the ability to, to kick early ball in, and you know McManus and, and McCarn were. We're making serious hay, and you know I was very impressed by Armagh obviously responding each time, and uh, I think one big thing with Armagh was just getting early ball in to the full forward line. I think they did that really well in the first half, and you know full credit to both teams for putting on a, a great show. Mm-hmm. It was just such a surprise the way they played. You know, the, I mean, I was listening to the Connolly Gilligan, and he expected it to be like a bit of a dour event, and he admitted himself we did not see that coming. How how open it was and. Uh, I did read one saying that they felt that the Armagh were kicking themselves because of the def- their defensive situation, but there must be some reason why they played that way. Yeah, I suppose maybe from a point to just let it go. They, but they realise, you know, Armagh have serious forwards, and I think everyone knows that at the minute. And you know, they have a good defence too. But their attacking play throughout the league, and you know, it showed there that you know the O'Neill brothers, Campbell, etc., and Grugan's great player too. You know, they really backed themselves, and uh, I suppose looking back on it. You know, the, you know, one big play even from the first goal. You know, a fundamental error in a half forward line and off the off the bound, off the ground ball led to led to a goal ultimately. But I suppose that summed up how Manon played. You know, I think when you're looking, if you look back on the goal, one big thing 
that struck me was how quickly McCarn moved it to the, the on-running half-back, who obviously gave it to McManus and the rest. Obviously, he's going to finish from there, but it was just end-to-end. -end and like the fitness levels of both teams in heat like that were, were a credit to both you know, camps in terms of the conditioning they're in. You know? So the open style of play was, was there to be seen. And I think Monaghan going into Ulster final would be ideal. You know, they were really good, but you know, Bonte will have plenty to talk about in the, in the weeks ahead to, to try and refocus for Tyrone, which they'll need to, because Tyrone obviously will be a massive task. Yeah, so it's, so it's like, it's better that there was things to learn. It's better that it wasn't a perfect form. It's better that it wasn't a hammering session. Yeah, well, funny, I was sitting watching my father and he's like, it's not over yet. And I was like, other goal, I think it's over. And, you know, Armagh kept coming back. And, you know, that, how, how they were cut open will definitely be a, a major talking point for the Monaghan camp, you know. Um, but their attacking plays as good as I've seen in a long time, you know. So they have, they have balance in the squad there. And I suppose even looking at Monaghan, you know, surprising, I suppose one thing goes under the radar, like Kieran Hughes and Colin Walsh coming off the bench, you know, starters for years. The, the squad seems to be very, very deep. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about Dublin is they've got a great bench. You know, that's they, how they can get past teams. But Monaghan are proven that they've got that too, because those guys are yeah. seasoned campaigners. Yeah, and, and like looking even at Throne, you know, they had McKenna. McCain to come back in, but I think that's one of the things that I took from Monaghan when, when we're building up to an Ulster final there, that you know, you've boys champing at the bit to get on, and the boys that came on played really well too and contributed. Same as Armagh, you know, the, the subs they ran contributed, I think, 1-3 and 1-4 to the game, so you know, having that big, big squad is, is vital. Seems mad to say it, like, but do you see McGinney going after this, or is he definitely going to be there? Because um, Kyle, you know, said in previous weeks that he thinks that this is a must-win game for McGinney, or he's got nowhere else to go because he's been there for so long. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in Armagh football at the minute, but what I know about McGinney, I suppose, yeah, critical jump on haters, but they've made progress. You know, they have made progress. Armagh before McGinney weren't as good as they are now. And he's got boys buying in. You know, one thing I think Armagh, if you're really looking at towards the end of the game, you know, those fouls will be kicking themselves. You know, McGinney's aggressive in the way he played. You know, I played against many a Kildare team he played for and you know, he didn't get <laughs> he didn't get a he got a few ribs tickled those and it's the same. And the boys are up for it and I think one of the things is just learning maybe to switch off. You know, that, that last few minutes when it had to be a wee bit more calm and composed, there's maybe a few Aggressive close fist tackles that you know, I think that's one thing they'll, they'll really learn from going the next year But they, they've made great progress and you know, I think I think he deserves at least another year The the perhaps that challenge is that they're playing in a period when there's so many good teams You know like they're trying to get up there whereas Monaghan look, are getting better every year Tyrone have come out, you know, even looks like a dairy a lot like against Donegal yeah. And then Donegal as well. So there's a lot of good teams that they try to get there, you know. Definitely. But they have made progress. Yeah, they have, and how they perform Division One and, and sort of safely maintain that Division One status is massive for for Armagh moving into next year. Just the nature of championship, obviously, it's not ideal and knockout is what it is. But I think they'll, they'll get great, you know, knowledge in the fact that their performance against the top tier teams in Ireland were consistent this year. The other semi-final was Tyrone Donegal. Now, how serious do you think that loss will be for Donegal? I suppose you, you mentioned Derry. Like, there's, you know, Derry will be kicking themselves. You know, watch that game and Derry will be kicking themselves. I suppose that was a big warning saying, you know, I think a lot of people backed that that was going to be close coming into it. Um, and the fact that Derry ran Donegal close, close, probably give Tyrone a lot of emphasis going into it. And ultimately, 
you know, they didn't look like what they have been the last few years. Um, you know, I don't think it obviously helped two of their biggest players not not playing for the majority of the game. But you know, all credit thrown, they, they stuck to their task and they ran out. And you know, a lot of the I suppose, subtle tactical changes do her. And Logan are making even the likes of Niall Sludden at wing half back who kicked three points. I thought it was outstanding. He's always a great player, but I suppose forwards coming late onto the ball like that, seeing a lot more even looking at Antrim this year and Dermot McAleese playing that five and kicking two points, you know, that's I suppose a tactic that's coming into Gaelic a lot more now. But you know, as as a game it was definitely very different. Obviously a lot more defensive minded. Um and yeah, ultimately really Tyrone were, were fully deserved to the win in the end. Do you think had you no know, McGee and Murphy stayed on the whole game then the result would have been different? <sighs> to be honest, the first thing I thought when McGee went off you know, I think McGee's irreplaceable in that full-back line. Um, I suppose one of the, not getting into the uh, big talking points throughout the game in terms of maybe some of the refereeing decisions, but yeah, that was that was that was big in terms of being irreplaceable. I think from that full-back line, and then you know Murphy wasn't having his best day. You expect so much from him consistently, and he always is that. But you know the likes of Hampsey's up there with the best in terms of of man marking someone that physical and. There's probably a bit of frustration, probably a bit of rustiness. You know, he obviously he's had the injuries, and you know, when he went off, I think Donegal stuck to the task well, and that goal gave him the lifeline at the start of the second half. But it was going to be too much for a thrown team like that to to keep that up for the full 70, 75 minutes. It's got to be so frustrating for Donegal. You know, the the game they missed the penalties and they've missed chances in the game, and well, this was the year they're supposed to bounce back after mm. the Cavan defeat in Ulster mm. final, you know, and they didn't get it like, you know, then they must think because they aren't a bad team, you know, and they've got so much good players, you know, and so much quality there. Yeah. Well, Cavan maybe planted a seed, you know, like that was theirs to win last year and obviously Cavan did it and, you know, not to get into the psychology of it, but they're great footballers, you know, there's no doubt about that, Donegal and you see what they're doing underage. But yeah, I suppose when you see the likes of Murphy missing a penalty, I don't think anyone in the country when they see Murphy line up for a penalty is expecting them to miss it. So a bit of a Mar Marcus Rashford sort of hitting the post and going wide, but uh, yeah, uh, it just didn't happen for them. You know, it just didn't happen for them. And like Tyrone got their matchups really good. You know, you look at Langan. You know, he was he was being tracked around the pitch. So I think Tyrone got a lot of the, lot of the call spot on in, on the day to let their, their their more sort of impactful players and even the likes of Brennan probably didn't have the impact he usually does. So you know, Tyrone definitely had that chance to sit back, watch the Derry game, and and I think got their matchup spot on. How much do you think that Throne is a carry-on really from the Mickey Hart area? Like how much have they taken from what Mickey Hart was doing and just carried it on or how much is it their own sort of, you it's, know? It's probably too early to say, you know, like at the end of the day, Mickey Hart being the manager for so long has, has set them up, got the right mentality, obviously he's moved on, but you know, those two men coming in, you know, obviously I don't too much about them, but as players and as men, they're great at what they do. and. And combining the two heads, um, the old saying two heads is better than one, and they seem to be doing it well at the minute. And you know, I don't know what the story was. Obviously, we saw McKenna coming off the bench in the season he had last year, and I suppose a lot of people were talking about after that game the the full back, the nicking out of full back, herring up the pitch, and even not to go for the big wonder score and just to pop it off. You know, showed a lot of, of for me in that moment of of what the squad's about. Yeah. There's a lot of potential there, you know. It, you know, it's it's. I you, you always sort of the people before Mickey left. People thought it was like Alex Ferguson leaving. You know, that sort of transition between two managers would be difficult to do. Yeah. But they don't seem like they have had a problem with it. Much is that to do with them managing in the under twenties? Yeah, and you know, in Throne, you're always going to get that caliber player. It's, it's about getting it right, and you know, you've you've young boys. You look like they're kicking on. Maybe taking a step back. It's tough to keep that up, but you know, the, the competition's there. 
the structure in place and you know with McShane and McKenna and those boys coming back and you know as I said before the likes of Sludden move half back there's only so many places on a team but it seems very healthy and looks like the likes of McGeary's kicked on again you know McGeary's a, he's a great player he's, he's eight or nine out of ten and, and maybe all, all facets of the game in my opinion and you know he really showed his worth there so People were talking about Donnelly maybe not having a great game, but that's that's probably a, a great sign. You know, two years ago they relied on like PD and and Matthew having all-star type seasons, and you know other boys are stepping up now. And I suppose it's like a likes of you know McCurry who always plays at a certain level, who looks like he's gone up another gear to maybe hold on to his place further down the line when the McShanes and and these boys come back in, and it's a it's a great headache to have. Yeah, it, it, you know, the company we were for was based in Trone and a lot of the Trone men in there, the journalists didn't sort of suggest that Trone could be successful this year, but now they're in a final, you know, so it sort of shows that maybe these teams are, are exceeding expectations from what from in the, within the county. Definitely, and you know, I suppose you could look at Dublin arguably on performances, maybe take a step back, Carrier obviously looking on a gear on. so. Dumb be, or thrown will not be looking at past money and, and then they shouldn't be but if they do get over that you know they, they have nothing to fear because you know on any given given day they, they know they're capable of beating both those squads you know it's, it'll be a tough ask and they need to play their potential but they're, they're they're definitely capable of it and going into the final there's they're, they're coming from two different places you know like Trone weren't really expected to be there you know despite them being a brilliant mm-hmm. team but whereas Monaghan what are the team that we see winning the Ulster title so there will be more pressure on Monaghan then in the final or what would you say <sighs> it'd be hard to say now like you know if Monaghan look back on that you know Monaghan will not get those looks against their own those four goal opportunities and, and off credit to Monaghan they took every one of those opportunities really in the first half and the efficiency side of things you know Monaghan will, will take you know a lot of encouragement from that going into the game but what 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 do her really and Logan look to do was analyse the game Derry and Donegal played and I'd say they'll do the, the very same thing against Armand Monaghan and, and really look at those matchups and uh, you know De- Toronto will definitely go in as slight favourites but uh, I think I think the focus looks good in Toronto you know, so you'd have them slight favourites, but uh, you know, definitely Monaghan are capable of a of a small upset. Okay, so you're going, you're saying that Tyrone would be the slight favourites over there too, just based on the performance of against Donegal and knocking Donegal out, or do yeah, I suppose the the strength of the defence there really when it came to it. You know, you'd look at really the amount Monaghan leaked, and and that would worry you. You know, from that point of view, with what Tyrone have to offer there in the forward line. Um, with thrown off to offer with their, with their strength in the running game as well. So yeah, you, you would have to put them slight favourites, but definitely wouldn't rule out Monaghan, especially with everything that's gone on, and wouldn't rule them out with, without that. You know the terrible news, but you know that that could be a massive factor too to motivate those boys even more. Yeah, the death of the under twenty captain. Um, it, it was a real shame that that you know it's awful, awful thing to happen, and everybody says it just sort of puts football into perspective, doesn't uh, it? Very really? much so. Very much so. So you know, and, and all credit to the boys because it must have been. Serious hard to get up for that game, and, and they came through it, you know. And you know, if they had been beat, it would have been a God, you would know, you know, how did we go home and feel? But so that that will give them encouragement, and you know, hopefully, I suppose a lot of the neutrals will be looking for them to, to go on and win it for that fact alone. Yeah, and the final in you, so you're sort of expecting it to be a defensive game, you know, that won't be as open as was well, Monon Arma, it won't be the Monon Arma style of game, it'll be more. Careful, like sitting back, watching what each other's going to do. Yeah, Monaghan are, are very capable. Like you know, you have to, I suppose, play every every team as you see it coming. And I think Monty will regroup, and there'll probably be less of those half backs, and even some of the corner backs. Monaghan were bombing forward, creating those runs. They'll have a wee bit more 
you know, save, save the house a wee bit, uh, let boys go in one or twos a bit more, you know, but um, yeah, you, you would probably have to put their own slate favourites after beating Donegal, you know, but uh, if McCarran can continue the form um, that he's, you know, he has shown over the years, but consistently, like, you know, I was very, very impressed with him the last day in the first half and even the second half, he came out the pitch, kept ball moving, he's clearly trusted to, probably one of the most trusted kick passers in the team and I thought he was outstanding how he had that impact in the first half and completely changed the way he played in the second half and still had that impact, you know, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, if we look at Ulster in general, you know, what you've got is Donegal expected to do well this year, dropped out, uh, Derry came strong, almost beat Donegal, um, Trona in a final, Monner in a final, mm -hmm. you know, Armagh, look, our Division 1 team, you know, where is Antrim in this mix? Where do you see, you know, where can, where can Antrim push up the ranks Well, there? they have pushed on. You know, Antrim are a lot better. Obviously, getting Division 3 status was, was the ultimate goal to start of the year, and they, and they got that, and quite convincingly, like, and... You know, I suppose you're looking at the positives of Antrim, definitely the first half they looked a better team against Armagh. And I know a lot of people have said that. One of the biggest negatives ultimately it was a it was a, a, a big difference in the scoreline at the end of the day. And you know, even the body line was licked on the Antrim line, you know, they, there was no glorious defeat, it was, you know, it was a defeat. Um, and at the end of the day it was another first round exit. But Antrim have upped it, Derry have upped it, you know, arguably the other the big counties have, have sort of maintained and upped it. So Everyone seems to be raising their game a bit, so it'll be it'll be interesting next year. And if, if Antrim do get a good positive Division Three campaign under their belts, and you know, obviously, you know, from from an Antrim point of view, you were always let's call a spade a spade. You were looking at the draw and hoping you were getting, you know, one of the one of the less of the big boys will not name names, but you know, you're looking at that. And Antrim probably did look at that this year. They had the, the nice side of the draw, and they'll be disappointed, you know, because they they could have got over the line against Armagh and, and gone into Manning game, and you see how tight that was. So. There'd be less in it than, than you'd think, I think, Wantrum, and hopefully the squad stays together, um, stays tight, and I think they were, they were definitely more cohesive this year, and you definitely thought the, thought the line was, was very good. Tactically, you could see it, and yeah. Yeah, so of the team, what were you most impressed about? Probably the cohesiveness, you know, probably making sure that in the first half especially, they were patient in the build-up, they didn't rush it. You know, they they ran hard when they needed to. They had the right men on the ball at the right times, and uh, you know, again, a bit like Armagh, there was a few sort of fundamental errors at the start of the second half that cost Antrim a lot. And I suppose disappointing the heads probably did drop a bit in the second half. You know, you're hoping them to kick on and, and get a few scores and back, and just the gap widened. And uh, I suppose that's you know that's the level of the Division One teams which you're which you're trying to chase. Well, what, have you heard much coming from out of, out of the squad from the panel? Like, is the mood good or what? Are very, they? Uh, very little. But what I have heard is very positive. You know, obviously Sean Kelly be a good friend and a clubmate, and he's he's involved and managed some goals for you know two or three years there, and I've obviously a lot of time with him. And I, I think not knowing a lot, but that balance of you know you've Stevie O'Neill, you've Enda there, and and someone who has that great knowledge of the club scene, which no doubt those boys do now. But you had that probably them in their ear, and I think that balance definitely showed throughout the league. And you know you look at that Louth game at the start, starting off as such a big game and a slaggy game. Those were those were games we've lost in the past in Division Four, and you know to have that character to come back was 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 massively telling, regardless of the Armagh game. What do you think about the you know the more senior guys who came back? You know Paddy Cunningham and McCann and that. Um, I presume they're not. You know we don't know what the situation is with them, but. If they do leave, is that going to be a big blow or can they fill those gaps? Yeah, like, you know, we talked about when Murphy and McGee went off and the, the impact that had on them. You know, it's the same in Antrim. 
you know, Paddy, I don't think, probably disappointed they didn't get any minutes in the championship, in the, in the match ultimately. And Mick, you know, Mick's Mick, he's going to be eight out of ten there every every day and keeps things moving. So, you know, I think I think Mick would definitely give it a go again. But probably, you know, the most encouraging thing was like Soren Eastwood, Owen McCabe from my own club, established themselves. Those boys sort of, they're not young, but they're not old. You know, they're, they're early 20s, mid 20s and seem to have sort of got a place nailed down. And even Dermot McAleese's, as, as I mentioned, you know, coming and, and, and looking like a nailed on starter. So the competition's definitely there. You know, even the small brothers who I'm very impressed with, neither of them started and Connor came off the bench. So the competition looks to be there, you know, and it seems like they've the right team in there to, to keep everyone, everyone focused. Like. Yeah, they've got to have that sort of depth, that Dublin depth, that, you know, Donegal depth, you know, they've got to have those guys coming off the bench. Yeah, and I suppose, not to make too many comparisons to soccer, but like a lot of the English media, regardless of that, were looking at Southgate and how he kept everyone happy or kept things, and I think that's a big thing in Andrew. You know, I've been involved when young boys maybe aren't getting, start McKenna Cup and don't start a few league games and walk, you know, and I don't think that's, that's the sort of thing that'll happen. I think boys are more motivated to, to just show, show in training, show in club games and get back at it and just a bit more pride. So what they need then actually is for the league to be a proper league, not a three-game COVID league, you know, where we, you know, the four games or whatever it is. They need a seven-game league, possibly a final, and they need a back door in the championship, so they're going to get uh, yeah. seven or eight games. Uh, that, I think next year, you know, it's been a success, but I think those boys will, will definitely say, right, well, here's the seven games, quality opposition. The jump from four to three is massive, just as, as the jump in anything. And, you know, if they can, if they can maintain... You know, but we've seen counties, and Hunter did it a few years back, going from four to three to two. You know, and if you keep building that momentum, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Antrim were right up up the top of Division Three and, and and pushing for promotion spots next year. One of the one of the things, reasons why Antrim perhaps have been so successful is the competitive championship. You know, in the past couple of years, I know Cargan have won three in a row, but it, every year it's a it's a shootout between three or four teams at the top you know the mm-hmm. love jerk portland own going to three games you know we're seeing more comp- competition in antrim like we're seeing in other counties like the trones donegals and monhans yeah do you see how do you see it going this year on antrim i it's definitely going to be as, as competitive as ever been i think you know you've obviously as you mentioned corrigan will see themselves as the best and, and at the minute they are the county champions craigan Definitely think they probably let one slip by them in the last few years. Um, Lav Yargle always fancy themselves, as with St John's and Portland Own. You know, or as you say, definitely making steady progress each year and, and will be go fully motivated. So yeah, it's, 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 it's really competitive there at the minute. And the round robin nature this year will definitely be a bit of a sussing out match and getting into those quarterfinals, it'll be, there'll not be much in it. So it's, I think it's definitely going to be competitive as ever. And yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot of clubs, you know, hunting down Cardin. Big time, big time. Kevin, appreciate your time. No Thanks problem. for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we're joined remotely by Jared O'Kane, the Gaelic Life columnist. So I'd like to welcome Jared to the show. Um, and I wanted to start by asking you, Jared, uh, well, the Derry Miners won the All-Ireland Final uh, last weekend. Um, a massive result for the county. What did you think of the game and what does it mean for Derry? I have to say, I thought both teams performed remarkably well. I was at the game myself, so I was in the stand in the shade and been out in the field after I was able to appreciate the heat that the guys were playing on and for the game to still ebb and flow right up to the 63rd, 64th minute just shows you a testament to both teams. Given it was a one point game, it definitely could have went either way, but the performance from both sides in terms of their 
score taking, their running power, uh, some of the passing, some of the foot passing, and both the running game with the hand passing was exceptional. Uh, the performance from Derry, I suppose I can probably critique a bit more because it's the third or fourth time I've seen them. I have to say, every time I've seen them, I've just been really impressed by uh, the composure they're showing for guys who are only 17, 18 in terms of their decision making on the ball and both off it. Very, very rarely do you see them run up blind alleys or lose the ball in the tackle. They all are quite comfortable with both their hands and their feet and switching the ball to the other side of the field. They all play heads up football. And from that point of view, you have to say, I was really impressed. In terms of what it means going forward for the county, I'll have to look back on my own career and I remember standing in Mahara uh, on the Monday night after we had won the minor title in 02 and making a declaration that Derry would won Sam within four or five years. And when I look back on it now, I sort of cringe at it. Uh, if you look at the 93 victory, it was maybe built around all the good work we've been doing in the schools, plus the fact that Derry had an 83 and an 89 minor one team coming together. Uh, going forward, definitely success at minor level is no guarantee for success at senior level. However, what it will do is that if it's Rory Gallagher in the short term or whoever in the long term, it will give Derry a far bigger pool of players to pick from. The players there that are on show have been in and around development squads since they were 14, 15, 16. So they know what it takes at that level to play and play at the elite level. So moving up into the under 20s, into seniors, it'll be no surprise or shock to the system. And I think that will definitely augur well for the pool of players that Derry will have. The Derry team at the minute is quite young, so it will only push them guys on and definitely it'll create more competition for places. In terms of transferring that into success, well, I suppose, I think year on year, that gap gets bigger between the top teams and everyone coming behind them. But it definitely puts Derry on a better foot for challenging in Ulster in the next three to four years. Jared, I wanted to ask you about the uh, Ulster, Championship, or Ulster Championship in general. Um, what have you thought of it this year? The Ulster Championship so far this year, I have to say, has been a breath of fresh air wherever you're comparing it uh, to the other provincial championships. Whenever you look at the games which took place at the weekend between Armagh and Monaghan on Saturday, Trone and Donegal on Sunday, and if you even reflect further back to the Derry-Donegal game last week, you're getting to see that the gap in Ulster is maybe closing in that for a few years there, Trone, Trone Monaghan and Donegal had sort of a monopoly on it in that they were probably sweeping all our teams aside whilst won it. Looking at the competition over the last four or five weeks, the standard of the overall teams in it is definitely improving. Uh, Derry and Armagh are now up there in terms of challenging and pushing the other perceived top three. Uh, looking at the game with Derry and Donegal, one point game could have went anyway. Again, looking at the games of the weekend, Armagh with a point up in the 67th minute, I'm sure. In the first half, they took your hands off for it and they just couldn't see it out. And then the game on Sunday, wherever you look at it, was a six-point game, but Trone had an extra man for 40 minutes. And given that man was Michael Murphy, that Donegal was missing, the game would probably have been a lot closer. So I think overall, you have to say, it, if you're looking at comparisons between provinces, the Ulster Championship has 
really opened up the championship this year. Also in terms of the way it's been played, I see people referring to it as the games are cricket, sc cricket scores or hurling scores, and so they are. The games are being played and the forwards are probably stand out more this year than the defenders. As a testament to all the good work being done throughout all the counties. The Ulster final is going to be between Monaghan and Tyrone. Um, what have you thought of the strengths of the two teams? You know, going ahead, going into this final. Then, if you're looking at the Monaghan side, and you're looking trying to see their strengths and where they can exploit Tyrone, I think that in some in some areas, if you listen to some of the reporting that Monaghan are maybe. Uh, what, what Monaghan bring to the game, it's not really appreciated enough. They always are labelled as a team who plenty of fight and there's plenty of desire and heart in them, which is definitely true. But I think people underestimate the football ability that Monaghan have within their ranks. If you look at their team right through from Began, right through to McManus at 15, all of them are very comfortable in the ball. They, they have a real strong, gritty defence, but the defence also good footballers. Uh, Ryan Wiley is very good in the ball. They have McInespy changed the wing back, who was conversely a forward, very good in the ball. Carol Connell, wing back, very good in the ball. And then on into their midfield, you have Darren Hughes, who showed at the weekend he can be an attacking threat as well as a defensive role. And then their forward line, Monaghan, they have, while, while they still rely on maybe McManus and Jack McCarn, they've introduced a few new players as well. And I think that the blame that Banty has brought to the team. I would nearly see them done maybe as favourites into the game on Sunday. Uh, if you look at the Trone performance of the weekend, you have to say if Donegal had have had 15 men and Michael Murphy wasn't the man who was sent off, would they have won the game given it was still a draw of 10 to go? Whereas you're looking at the Monaghan team and you've watched them against Galway in the league fighting back, you watched them against Armagh the other day fighting back, and I think from number 1 to 15, Monaghan are maybe more a certain side and in Conrad Manus they have someone who you, you know you talk about your go-to player or who stands up in the clutch moments he does that all the time but now they have Jack McCarron who's shown the sort of form he's shown two of the years ago again and whenever you have that added into the strong running game they have coming from the half-back line into the midfield on through the half-forward line along with uh, tough tough marking defenders but you're also comfortable in the ball uh, I have to say I'm really looking forward to it as a match they made the decision, Jared, to play the Ulster final in Croke Park. You know, what sort of effect will that have on both teams and sort of what will it mean for them? I think it will lend itself to an open and expansive game. I don't see it being a game where the teams go out and try and crowd out each other's forward line, play men behind the ball and try and grind out a 12-10-1. I can see both teams using the space in Croke Park and firstly looking for their own players before they start looking at the other team. And I think that both teams will be hitting around the 20 point mark. Uh, with regards to who will win, it's probably a two or three point game either way. At this stage, and looking at the results so far, and the way games have panned out, I'm probably putting my hat in one of them, but that's not to say that Trone wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they end up two or three point winners. I think it'll be an open affair, and I think actually the two goalkeepers for either side will be vitally important. I'm not sure if you noticed Niall Morgan's position on Sunday versus Donegal where when Sean Patton was taking kickouts, bear in mind that Donegal were a man down already. Niall Morgan was standing nearly right in the centre of the pitch and disrupting any sort of space that Patton had to hit. And 
both Morgan and Began themselves are very adept at going long, going short, finding men. But I think if Morgan sort of tries that in Crew Park against Began, Began has maybe the ability to nearly go over the top of him, depending on where he positions himself. Both keepers have the ability to come out and join the attack, and join the play, which they very often do, especially Roy Began, and adds that extra man. Whether they get the ball or not, it's immaterial, but they're causing confusion, they're taking the defender away, and I think going to see both keepers in Crook Park try this sort of approach, it'll be an interesting approach, given that they're both really good free takers. I think that the game actually will come down to a big tactical battle between the goalkeepers. And finally, we've been discussing provincial structures uh, for a number of weeks in this show. I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think, you know, will it be changed, should it be tweaked, should it be changed completely? What's your thoughts, Stuart? I think the provincial championships will stay, but in terms of their current structure, I think they, maybe going forward, there will be a change that they might be decoupled from the All-Iron Series in that the Ulster Championship, Leinster, Munster, and will all be separate from the All-Iron Series and your standing in the All-Iron Series will now be down to your league placings, whether they go for the top two divisions playing off the, the All-Ireland, which is the way that they're going to do, and then the bottom two divisions playing the Talton Cup. I don't think that the Provincial Championship will be any guide now into how a team progresses in the All-Ireland Series. The results over the past few years are lending itself to that the Provincial Championships are now becoming cannon fodder for uh, the smaller teams are becoming cannon fodder for the so-called bigger teams. I don't think that Cavan won last year in Ulster and Tipperary won in Munster is a sign of what could happen or a sign of change because given the year that was in it, it was a winter championship, uh, COVID preparations and all that sort of thing rolled into one. It was probably the perfect storm for an underdog to win a provincial championship last year. I know if you're looking at Sunday past in Leinster, Meath ran Dublin to five or six points. Again, I don't think that in itself is enough to say, well, hold on a minute, we might just keep them as is. Dublin have now won 14 out of 15 in their province, with I think the average score over the last seven, eight years has been roughly 16, 17 points on every victory, and that in itself. If you're looking at the other teams in Leicester, really, what is their goal or what's their aim for the year? And if, if that's what they're facing into, I only think it down the line then, if you're looking at developing minor teams under 20s, it lends itself to boys thinking what's the point. The same over in Connacht, while it's not the one team dominating, you're always having uh, Mayo or Galway. I know there's common of one, one or two in the last 10 years, but they seem to be falling away again. But some of the score lines in terms of the championship again, you're looking at 15, 20 point hammers being handed out. I just think that the time for to decouple the provincial championships and move into something different for the Iron Series will come down the line and I know there's a special congress in October and I'd imagine that's where that decision will be taken. Jared, thanks very much. Okay, that's our show for this week. Thanks for watching. See you next time.